This is the Truth Warrior Podcast with your host, David Whitehead. What's up? What's up? Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me on this Friday, March 31st, 2023. I definitely wanted to do this show before April 1st. You guys didn't think I was like spoofing you or something like that because we're getting into some serious stuff today. Uh, so I hope you guys are ready. Put your seatbelts on, grab your popcorn, and um, we're going to be going down the rabbit hole talking about a subject near and dear to my heart. I've been covering this in a variety of ways on different shows over the years. Uh, my friend Josh and I did this on Earth Chronicles uh, a while back as well, or recently actually. And um, in the process, I started chatting online on Telegram with our guest today, Jamie J. And she's just a, another great warrior out there trying to save the children and, and alert the world to a various cult activity, the satanic agenda, the geopolitical stuff, the solutions, trauma, you know, all these different things. So uh, we're going to be going into a lot of different directions tonight, I'm sure. So I just want to welcome you and uh, just say thank you right out of the gate. Before I even started the stream on Rumble, KRA Lava dropped $10 saying, Freedom Fighters, thank you for your great work and information. Well, it's our pleasure. Thank you for showing up, making this possible. Just want to say hello to everybody over on the Foxhole, over on DLive, Twitch, Rockfin, Rumble, and wherever else I'm streaming right now. <laughs> How you guys doing? Thanks for jumping in. Now, before I bring in my guest, because I just want to have a clean cut conversation, I'd like to say thank you to a couple of my sponsors. First one I'm wearing for you right now. You guys have seen it before. Go to check it out at cultofthemedics.com. Just go to the site. It's Rise Attire. They're just a fantastic uh, group of patriots and freedom fighters that also make really high quality apparel. They've been backing my show and my documentary series, which of course you can go and check out for free right now at cultofthemedics.com. Um, and so go check out Rise Attire. It's right there on the site. The links are there and they've just released. This is actually from the original lines. They've got so many amazing colors and variations and high quality shirts and sweaters and great stuff to start conversations with your friends about the ancient cults that run the world. Um, and they also have a new line called fear not. And I love it. I was wearing it last time. It's, uh, it's got some good designs. There's different types of apparel that you can get, but they actually put the quote. I didn't even notice this till I looked at it the other day. I'm like, Oh my God, it's right there. They put the quote on the back of these shirts and sweaters. Uh, from Frank Herbert that I used in chapter nine, Cult of the Medics, talking about how to address fear, how to cleanse yourself of fear and find your courage. And that's what this whole project is all about. So guys, go check out uh, Rise Attire. And again, that's at cultofthemedics.com. And uh, also just letting you guys know a little update. I've been working my butt off trying to get myself back in shape to continue my martial arts career. I am weeks away from being able to reopen my dojo finally. Yes, it is official. So anybody that's in my area, uh, you can go to warriorartsacademy.net. Warriorartsacademy.net. We have brought that website back. My dojo is going to be running soon. And I've been training, get my old ass off the couch and working hard and uh, repairing injuries from the past. A lot of that had to do with just injuries and kind of sitting still and sitting in this chair so much. So I had to start moving again. Part of that recovery was that I started supplementing with vitamins and collagen. And I have an incredible sponsor for the show that I think has one of the best out there. Um, and you can go and check that out. It's all listed on my site. 
but I actually have right now, see if this works. If you just want a quick access and you use the QR codes, you can go and check this out right now. It takes you directly to my link, which gives you a discount. If you want to try this collagen or any of the other amazing health products that they have, uh, it supports the show. They send you a discount for supporting me. So it's a win-win and uh, you can check that out. And if you're not a QR code person, trust me, I don't blame you. You can just go right now to my website, dwtruthwear.com, and you can go to the store and it's all listed right there. And you can really help support this show by supporting my sponsors. I think that's it. We got it done. Thanks everybody for showing up. Let's rock and roll right now with Jamie J. Let's go ahead and bring her in. And there she is. Jamie, how you doing? Thanks so much for spending time on this wonderful Friday with me. Welcome to the show. Oh, and some, something happened. The internet just froze immediately. All right, we'll, we'll tackle this. What happened here? Uh, let me just see. Sorry, guys. The live effect. Everything works right before you go live, and then it doesn't work. Uh, hold on. Let me bring that. We'll get Jamie back in. Try reconnecting. There we go. We'll see if she gets that. Okay, looks like she's back in. Let's try this again. Um, there we go. Jamie, can you hear me? Oh, for some reason, I can't hear you all of a sudden. What's going on? Someone's messing with us, Jamie. I'm telling you. Here, let me try something um, real quick. It's funny how it was just working, eh? So if you go, I don't know if, because you're on an iPad, I think. If you go to the settings wheel underneath, like, you know, it's got like the mic, the camera, all that stuff. I think you might just have to select your audio setting, especially if it's Firefox. Bear with us here, guys. We'll get this loaded momentarily. How's that? Can you hear me now? Oh, I still can't hear. Okay, let me just... Uh, we were literally just having a wonderful chat right before I went live, and then the internet gremlin showed up and started messing with us. I wonder if somebody's worried... This is what we always say, isn't it? It's always a conspiracy. Someone's trying to stop us from telling the truth. Or it's just weird technology stuff. Who knows? It's always something. But anyways, guys, let me just uh, say hello to a couple people. I'm going to check on the foxhole. Anybody here? Oh, look at that. We got Doug is my over on the foxhole. He's just gifted the coffee. Thank you so much. Welcome, Doug. Hope you're well. Uh, let me check on... Uh, my Rockfin guys, actually. Let me see how Rockfin's doing. So yeah, I've been just busy as hell trying to um, get everything set up for my podcasting because I don't want to interfere when I'm with this new dojo. I don't want to interfere with my podcasting schedule. So I will still be doing my three projects, my three shows. So don't worry about that. Okay, let's try this again. See if we got Jamie back. Hey, Jamie, let's go test one, two. Can you hear me? Hi. Yeah, yes. I can hear you and see you. Can you see her? We got you. Sorry. <laughs> about no we got you. I can hear you. You're good. Welcome. Sorry okay. about that. I don't know what happens. Sometimes when I do this stuff, I get on before. Everything's fine. And then the moment I even mention that we're going to talk about some crazy stuff, weird things start to happen. I don't know. But anyways, you're here. And I'm glad you're here. Welcome. 
Hi, yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be here today because um, I know that you have a really amazing audience that is really educated do. and curious and maybe not necessarily um, really informed about this topic. So I'm actually really excited to be able to share what I know with um, your your audience. So thank you so much for having me today on your platform. Well, I'm so glad. Uh, it's been a subject I've been trying to interview a variety of people about because, um, and I know on, on all the points we're going to get into, everybody kind of has their view of everything and every all that, but I just want to keep an open mind. And I like to ask my listeners to keep an open mind and just hear the things that you're going to talk about think about them and then go follow up and research it. And that's really what it is. Because in the end, I think even though some of us might have different takes on various issues that surround this, or we have different theories as to the origin of it all or whatever, that aside, we have a big problem, Jamie, don't we? We have um, obviously this massive issue right now with what's going on with our young, um, you know, and in many different ways, we've got the traumatic psychological operation that everybody just got put through with all the big lockdowns and these new policies and covering everybody's faces and separating human beings from each other and putting kids, you know, not allowing kids to play together. Everybody was hyper paranoid about the viruses and all that. Um, but it goes even bigger. We've now got this, it's like a continuing wave of all these different things that are popping up to take children out of the home, to, um, you know, indoctrinate them with these various uh, ideologies that are taking them away from their nature, their true nature, in my opinion. And I think there's something deeper and darker behind all of it. But a lot of people, Jamie, I'm sure you talk to people like this, they tend to look at this only as political stuff like, oh, that's just politics. And yeah, okay, there's a couple crazies here and there, a couple radical factions, but you know, that'll just pitter out over time. I think it's deeper and bigger than even that. So we're going to get into all of it, but before we start, um, let's just start a bit about you, a little bit about your background, what got you into this incredible work that you do. I'm sure it's not easy work being in the dark side of this all the time and learning about it, but what got you into it? Yeah, um, I, I, I'm really introverted and I actually, it's really hard for me to talk about myself. Um, I just feel like I'm a face and an advocate for people that have told me their stories and that I'm able to be a, a public face for a lot of people that actually aren't able to come forward at this time. Um, but as for my background, I have a really diverse background. I've kind of um, done a whole bunch of different things. I spent some time in the military. I was actually a medic in the military for quite a while when I was younger. Um, you know, I've done all types of like social work jobs and, you know, um, got into like counseling and addiction counseling and stuff like that. Um, and I'm, I'm a real generalist. Like, I think that um, that's something me and you kind of have that same uh, thirst for knowledge bug that just drives you where it's like just part of your DNA since you're little. And I mean, I've had that my whole life. So um, I've always been a generalist. I've always been really interested in everything. Um, and when I ended up learning about satanic ritual abuse, it was kind of like I just came to a standstill and I needed, I knew that it was the most important thing and that I needed to focus myself down onto that and understand it as best as I could. And that just, I, I knew that was like my calling in life was to somehow um, learn about it and teach about it. And um, that's, it's just, I don't know. It's like, as soon as I, I landed on it, I just knew that was what I was supposed to do. Just in my spirit, I just knew that was it. And so I've had to put everything else on the side 
which I, which I'm a little bit bitter about sometimes. Cause I, I wish I could just be doing art and studying philosophy and all these things that I, you know, I love learning and pursuing. And I, I've unfortunately had to use all of my brain to focus on this really dark stuff and I'm happy to do it, but I really want to be done with this on the planet so that I can go and research some lighter things, you know? Oh, I'm with you on that. I feel you on that because that's very similar to me where, you know, I have, we all have different parts of our personality and all, I think a lot of us have, at least before we came into this information, we had our normie sort of goals in life and we want to go out and make something and do something. And those are all great things. But when you realize not only is there an enemy at the gates, there's an enemy inside the gates and has penetrated every nook and cranny of our of our little village here on earth. And um, there are innocent victims involved in this on a level that I don't think people can completely grasp and comprehend. Uh, just a bit about me, I, I came into this particular study of the satanic ritual abuse through listening to people like Ted Gunderson and, um, and you know, Kathy O'Brien. I read her book multiple times, watched all the stuff she was talking about. Um, and then I, I, they just got me interested in even looking into it. And the more I did look into it, the more I realized that there's definitely something to it. And um, so for me, it was just you know, one thing after another. And so where should we really begin here in maybe helping people understand some of the basics? Oh, I hope you caught me. Did you catch that? <laughs> I think you yeah, cut out I a little did, bit. I did. I just, I, yeah, I think maybe I just cut out, but I'm sure the audience could still hear you talking. And so there was. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. So where should, where would be like for people, a lot, this audience is very educated, but there's levels of where people are at with this because I cover a lot of subjects. So who knows who showed up today? Welcome, guys. We're going to have some fun. Um, but where would you begin with maybe helping people understand how prevalent this is and that this isn't just, a bunch of low level gang stuff on the street or a few little things here and there, this goes all the way up to the elite of the world. It goes to the political structures. It goes into Hollywood, into fashion, into so many areas. It's almost like a disease of some kind. So how would you, how would you start with a new person with this subject? Um, what I really want people to know is that, yeah, it's not a small group of people and it's not just like a genre of, or an area of specialty for certain counselors to be interested in this type of childhood trauma. Um, this is a interdimensional global campaign to interfere with free will in the universe by stealing the will of children as they come into this dimension, by um, using trauma in order to stop them from developing a sense of self, because if a person doesn't have a sense of self, they don't have a will. And so this actually is the loophole where evil is coming into this planet. And it's coming in a back door through children who are completely defenseless against it. They have no chance to resist it. Their will is usurped before they can even claim it um, as they develop. And this has been done over long periods of time on masses of people. It's, there's crude forms of it, you know, like where it is people in the forest in robes doing chanting and that's just have an effect on the psyche and especially to terrify little children. Um, and now with all of the technology and the virtual reality and drugs and all of these other things, they can do the traumas. It's a lot more scientific and technical than what it used to be. However, there's still a theme of Satanism 
that's used because it works because it's terrified so many people over time and it's just a, it's like a theme that you know it's it's going to work really well to traumatize a child um and so if people think this and so, is like a so sorry to so sorry to jump in there jamie i'm so sorry yeah, i'm just the, that that breaking up is happening a lot uh, again for some reason and i you're, you're the, the words are so important i don't want to miss any um i'm just trying to figure this out as to what we can do to improve your connection because i see it dipping in and out Okay. My question real quick, just on the technical level, spare with us here, folks. Do you have you want me to possibly... take a VPN off? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Me... Unfortunately, VPNs can be that now. Yeah. And then you may have to reconnect. Oh, I think that just dropped her out. Hopefully it pops back on. Sorry about this guys. We'll get it nailed. I wish we had better solid continual connections with VPNs, but they do phase in and out quite often. Let me just do this. Oh, she's getting onto such important stuff here. So we'll, we'll get her back in. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, just want to make sure she comes back in with Firefox. Um, it's interesting what she's sort of opening up with there about how children are being used as a vehicle for evil. I, that's an interesting statement to really think about that. Um, it's a gateway, isn't it? Because it's the innocence and look at what's used uh, all the time as a shield for criminality, for tyranny even, or for this level of evil. It's the innocent, the innocent and the virtue that's what's that's what evil hides behind if we're to look at evil as just an overarching metaphor here so um yeah m peach is saying video streaming over vpn is a lot of sugar for a nickel yeah it can be um but i also understand vpns especially in canada right now i i heard that they just rushed through this latest bill on censorship we don't we're all trying to figure out what it actually means um, but yeah, Canada's just slipping more and more towards complete totalitarianism as, uh, I think Trudeau is getting sick of having all these things exposed on a regular basis. So they're getting ready for the censorship. Um, so, but, but just back to what Jamie was pointing out there, and I hope we can get her back soon here is about this idea that there is something really dark behind all of this that has nothing whatsoever to do with what we often think it does. And that when we look at now, this is becoming more public, which is what I see a lot of this politicized sort of trans agenda going on. All right. And that's to differentiate between, you know, trans people and the fact that their whole movement is being weaponized right now. Here we go. I think she's back. Let's try that. Hey, Jamie, can you hear me? Hi. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. We're good. We're good. Yeah. The VPN I know. And it's, I was just saying, it's kind of crazy in Canada right now where we're probably going to need to find a way to do it with VPNs because of this new bill coming in to censor us. So, uh, Hey, it's, you can't win everything, but we're going to do the best we can right now. You look solid. You were just talking about something and I was just adding a few points there about, you said something really impactful, which is that innocent children, are being essentially used as a shield for this kind of evil. They're being used as a portal almost mm -hmm. um, energetically. Did you want to maybe continue where you left off there? 
Yeah, that's exactly how they're being used. So a human being is coming into the third dimension, uh, becoming a solid being as the baby. And like, of course, humans are not born fully ready to go. You know, we have to be um, grown outside the womb. So basically what these people have done is figured out a way to um, steal the will of a person before they develop into a self. And so that's with children, right? And children are completely defensive, just defenseless. Like their mind is a blank slate. They can go in and do this programming to them and it, they have no way to resist it at all. Um, and so basically they've done these huge programs on, you know, I would say there's millions of people now that have gone through a form of this trauma and have been programmed. Um, and so it does affect everybody. Like this is something that everybody needs to be aware of and understand that it's going to affect you individually um, because there's been a whole army of people programmed to um, basically do the world takeover. And it, they've been really programming people um, with a mechanized system since World War II. And so that's three going on four generations now of people being born that are having their children programmed and are ready to be activated to act in a certain way um, when certain events start to unfold on the earth. Um, and a lot of these people may be very young that are going to be, um, you know, like we see some of these shooters and stuff, like that's going to be the norm. There's going to be like an army of really young people that would just blow your mind the level of like even military training or martial arts training that somebody could have by the age of 13, 14 years old and the level of intelligence they have because they don't go to our schools, right? Like they actually just teach them real information that's useful. So there's, there is an army on the earth of dissociative individuals that um, is basically awaiting orders and these people are hidden from themselves. So they don't even know they're part of the army until they'll be activated. Right. Wow. That's incredible. So the way you're looking at it is that there's been a sort of MK ultra style grooming program to produce what people usually hear about in terms of like mentoring candidates, but it's much more sophisticated. It's trauma-based mind control. Let's just say what it is. It's done at a young age. This is part of even satanic ritual and other, I mean, we can call it a bunch of different things, but it goes into the ancient world as well. It's, it's not really new. Um, they've just enhanced the way that they can do it, especially with all this tech that they have now. Um, and so what you're saying is that some of these families, would you look at it as, as if they're essentially breeding, uh, like the parents are, are knowingly involved in this case, like they're breeding children, or is it, would you say it's a mix or how do you see that dynamic of how that actually plays out? I mean, this is the grand metaphorical question that I think everybody's on the spectrum somehow. And I kind of go back and forth of where I think that line is sometimes, um, because right. I do believe that we have free will and I believe we're actually accountable for every single thing we do, unless you are actually under mind control and your will is an extension of another person's will, which is completely possible, especially if you're, um, put under charm based mind control as a child, like you absolutely will do things that you have no memory of, you would never do knowingly, um, go completely against your character, and um, it, you have no will to resist it. Like it's it's automation that happens from your subconscious mind, and your body and your mind will react without even your conscious decision. So, um, however, normally with cults, um, the parents will be dissociative as well like when they go in they'll have a, like an altar um that will go and do the abuses to their own children they have a person that will take orders from somebody else to come and bring their children into training centers for more advanced training a couple of times a year or more um, but then they also do their own training at home as well like they're given a program of how to treat their children at home as well um, and so the parents um 
I mean, obviously nobody that does evil is not in some level of ignorance, right? Because evil doesn't even make sense mm -hmm. logically. Like you have to be deceived somehow for evil to even seem like a good idea, right? So really everyone who does evil is in some way dissociative, but like um, there's a certain point where you do become aware and you do willingly choose to do it. Um, and that's actually the very small number of people. Like most people involved actually aren't doing it aware. Hmm. That just, can I pause you there? Cause you're that, that's interesting. I've really been trying to think about this because the way I was looking at it was you have these core cults, these families I've interviewed uh, numerous victims of that grew up and were raised in these types of environments. They're brought into the prostitution rings, the human trafficking, the drug weapons trade, but then it goes even deeper into some of these rituals and things. And so you have that core group. And then my question is always, how many people say are raised in the political world or the finance world or the Hollywood world and get pushed up to the top of those uh, pyramids of influence because they come from these families? And you might think, yeah, that's probably only a few people like compared to the rest of humanity. There's only what, like a couple thousand or how many thousand major influencers in the world. But you're thinking, oh, this goes even bigger. And then there's the other layer of how they use the media, how they use the education system, the pop culture, you know, the social engineering kind of thing with the public mind that they're literally training the subconscious collective mind in a way. And they're trying to reach people that way. And I think that's why they're throwing all of this in our face right now is, uh, and we can get into why you think that might be, but I'm just thinking there's levels. Like you got your core group of people who know what they're doing. They're involved, they're generational, you know, practicing cult members. Then there's the unknowing sort of army, as you're saying, that's being bred externally through the subconscious, which will have to help people understand how that works. And then I'm thinking of there's the bigger push through the media to the general population to also induce these types of disassociated personalities, uh, the constant chaotic thinking, and it can they can actually spread this like a virus or a cancer throughout the entire population to a certain degree. Does that sound about right? Or what do you think about that? Yeah, I always use the analogy of concentric circles, right? Like it's like it's just circle within a circle within a circle within a circle. And the further you go out, the less kind of all knowing you are and what your your actions actually are a part of. Um, and they are using it on all of us. And I mean, we are, we do have a collective unconscious and we are all connected on a quantum level. And there's like the hundred monkey effect as well. So um, every time they do these traumas, like it affects the whole as well, um, kind of qualitatively and quantitatively at the same time. And now that they've mechanized the trauma so much, like they can do it through VR where like every baby will be given the exact same trauma through virtual reality like like it's it, it's exactly the same it's a recording um that actually increases the effectiveness of these traumas as well because it's just that repetition right in the quantum field of things being exactly the same and people having the exact same trauma in their mind is like that it's hmm. it all kind of works i don't know if that makes sense but it makes a lot of sense um and before we move because that was actually a really important statement that crackling is back again i don't know if it's just the connection or the system Quick question. Do you happen to have any other device uh, you could use to connect in maybe like a phone or another computer? I don't have a maybe. computer here. Okay. Um, no problem. I'm just trying to figure out how we can solve this. Cause it's, it's so good. Uh, um, unless you have like zoom I, for some reason, zoom seems to work better for me. I don't okay. have option or, um, yeah, I'd have to reconfigure my entire setup. Um, 
Whew, I wonder why, what we can off. do. I have it on the... What if you try just really quickly? What happens if you just, uh, you see your camera icon? If you just mute your camera, let's just see if it improves the audio. I just want to test that. Good. Okay. So okay. just give me a test one, two, Jamie. Okay. Can, does it sound better now or is it still crackly? Do you want me to try yes. some phones? Maybe? Yeah, maybe try that. Yeah, let's try that. Let's just try a few things. Try to make this work because for some reason it's not going away. I don't know why. Sorry, guys. Doing what we can here. I probably should have done pre-recording just to make sure. Here, I'll mute that while it's coming on. Okay, let's try that. You can hear me okay, Jamie? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Does it sound yeah, any better? Okay. Actually, you sound better, but that crackle's still coming in, and I literally just don't know why. And I'm sure, and everybody's saying they can hear it too. So I'm um, really, and I, I got a know. blazing fast signal, and I don't know. I, I don't, Do you think I, it? I mean, it's a brand new iPad. I don't think the I think the microphone could be blown in it. No, no, no. This is um, <laughs> this is honestly weird. I don't know what's going on. It worked fine before, and. I, yeah, this is interesting. Uh, all I can say is if we don't have another device, um, I can try it might try be my best. Phone. I have an iPhone. Okay. Do you have it? Like, can you just plug it in so you don't lose power or anything? Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's try that just to try a different device. Who knows? We're just kind of <laughs> testing this as we go. I'm sorry about this. It's kind of out of my control here, but let's give that a try. Call back in with the phone and we'll test that. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Jamie. We'll get this sorted. Okay. All right. My apologies once again, guys. Sometimes it's just weird with certain devices for some reason. I'm not sure. Um, so let me just break down the subconscious thing for a minute because I was literally just doing a lot of reading on this again. And this is key to understanding how the process of how to control somebody else's mind and how to subvert their natural will. So think of it like that. There's your natural organic will that you have. Okay. And the question of all of these projects that studied mass control, mind control, how to create alter egos, how to split the personality types, how to use trauma to induce a new personality that could be basically like a, a compartment in the subconscious, like all these things, just so everybody knows, were studied intensely by your government, by the intelligence community for a long time. And guess what? Those are only the public programs that we now know about, thanks to people who went through a lot of loopholes to try to get that information declassified. It's not like the CIA just came out and went, oh, guys, uh, yeah, here's all these projects we did. They were forced to because there were people trying to get it out to the light, and now it's common knowledge. And so you wonder how much more goes behind those types of projects. Those are just the government public agency projects or the intelligence projects, even the black projects. What's interesting with this subject is there's also the underground world of these various cults that have this kind of science nailed down to a T and have so for literally generations. They've nailed this for a long time. All right. This was known in the Roman empire. This was known in, uh, in, in many of these empires throughout history, they, they figured it out. The number one thing that these basic, these different oligarchies and, and royal families and whatnot, and again, not all of them were bad, but the bad ones, the, what they figured out was mass mind control. That was like day one. 
Okay. Then it got more technical over time as to how to get in on the individual level and really make different types of people essentially by manufacturing their thinking process. And all of this will always be justified by the top thinkers as being we, something we needed to do to help humanity evolve. And that's always how these guys work. We're philanthropists. We're here upgrading you. We're trying to enhance you. That's what they're selling you right now with all this transhumanism stuff and this great reset and 15 minute cities and getting uh, you know quantum dot technology injected into you and all these different things. But the more you read about the history of mind control, and that's what it is, it's somebody taking over the control of your mind and trying to subliminally program you so that you're thinking you're acting as yourself. You think you're acting from your natural will when you're not. And in many cases, right? They, and when they've got it down to a science, like what Jamie's talking about, where they can, they can literally control it like as if there's a video game controller, you know, with these people that people can participate in activities and events subconsciously to a large degree and only consciously to a small degree. The reason they're able to do that is through the application of trauma, specific kinds of trauma repeated over and over again. And what they know is that that starts the mind itself. The mind itself naturally creates these different screens and gates and blockades to the trauma. It's, it's actually a, a good part of your psyche that allows you to continue living without, you know, getting suicidal right away because of the stuff you might be experiencing in your life. So the mind compartmentalizes that. And, um, and there's a whole process here that essentially they have hacked. They have known how to hack so that they can install programs for lack of a better term into your mind so that they can get you to behave against your natural will. So, um, let me see here. I see Jamie's back in, but that signal is uh, low. Let's see if it improves in a sec here. I'm going to try. Let's see. Hey, Jamie, can you say hello? You hear me okay? Oh, she's back out. Okay. So understanding this, I talk about it a lot on this show from the context of how propaganda is made, how narrative warfare is constructed, and how they can get whole populations of people marching in lockstep to something that they would have naturally resisted if their natural intelligence and their critical thinking was working properly and their, you know, truly their natural will was at play. They know how to subvert that and guide it on the whole. What we're getting into here is just how specific they can get this if they have these controlled environments uh, in this way. So let's try this again. Hey, Jamie, can you hear me? She's in there. We'll just get this sorted here. Okay. She keeps trying to jump in. I really don't know why it should work with an iPad. I've had many guests on here with iPads. I have no idea what's going on. I'd have to be on site. We'll see if we can get this resolved. If not, I may have to do a pre-record um, with Jamie and, and release it later, but we're going to keep working on here. We'll soldier through and see if we can get it fixed. Okay, guys, I'll just fill it in with what I know. Um, in the meantime, and let me know what you think in the chat. Yeah. And, and you got to think about, okay, so let's just think about the levels. Cause I think this is important to understand. You've got the campaign. Let's just start on the most basic level advertisements. Okay. 
what is an advertisement? I just played an advertisement. Are all advertisements bad? Are all techniques of persuasion bad? No, obviously not. All right. We have to work. If we're working in a free market and even with free market of ideas, here I am talking to guests that have different ideas and you're tuning in and you're making up your mind what you like, what you don't. When you're at a store, if it's a truly free market and it's not run under a communist dictatorship, you can walk in a store, you can see a bunch of options of different items. You can go and research the ingredients of the items. You can go look at the manufacturers. You can make up your mind, but you're going to be seeing all kinds of advertisements crafted by these companies, uh, most of which are just benign. They just wanted to sell you some toothpaste or whatever. And you know what are they doing? They're selling you the features. They're selling you all the things that they've studied on their market of how to persuade people to say, well, oh, that brand is the brand that is the best of this product. And that's where I'm going to spend my money, right? Nothing wrong with that on the basic level, but just the understanding of the science of how to persuade people to do things. That's where we start with the base camp of understanding propaganda and advanced mind control. All right. I'm just trying to go to the ABCs here. Now, if you have that knowledge, because knowledge itself is not good or evil, it's amoral. It's just knowledge. Okay. It's the hand that wields it and the way they craft with it. That's the differential. Okay. If that knowledge of how to persuade people to open up their wallets and buy a product is known by very psychopathic people who want control and power and are, especially the level of psyche we're going to be talking about, then that can become weaponized. Simple as that. Okay. I'm also trying to give you guys, I know you know this, but I'm trying to give you different ways of helping to explain this to friends of yours who think you're crazy. We're talking about mind control. You just start with that. How many advertisements do you absorb a day? How many impressions are those advertisements making? And are you getting advertisements, not just for the new kind of green tea you want to buy or the vacation you want to take or whatever, you're getting advertisements on ideas, on belief systems. There's a whole market. There's a whole shopping mall of belief systems out there. And there's the advocates for these different belief systems. And they come in on different podcasts and shows and they write books and they're top academics and they're in front of the television screen and they're being interviewed on your favorite new, well, your news media. We won't say it's your favorite news media. Um, and so they are working to use this knowledge of persuasion to get you to not just buy a product, but to buy into an idea, a belief system. Okay. Do you see how we're starting to get into the world by understanding how brands work? We're starting to get into the world of how cults work because that knowledge is borrowed on both sides. Right. All right. I think we've got Jamie back. There we go. How are we doing, Jamie? Are you with us? Oh man. I can hear you. <laughs> Poor you. I feel bad. I can. We should have tested this more. Oh, and there goes the phone. Hopefully you can. There we go. At least I can see. Okay. Give me a test one, two there. Okay. Is it sound okay? Yes. It sounds good. Okay. Everybody's clapping. Everybody's <laughs> clapping. Look at, they love you already. Okay, good. So don't worry about that. This is just live streaming life. It's all good. It happens all the time. So I was just Jamie trying to help people understand how to explain before we get into advanced cult indoctrination, mind control, these kinds of things. I was just trying to help set the table for starting with people that aren't aware of this. I like to talk to them about how branding works with advertising because 
advertising isn't good or evil. Uh, persuade the, the techniques of persuasion are not good or evil. They're just techniques. It's just knowledge. Uh, it's the hand that wields it, right? It's, it's the way it's used. And when you understand that there are people from like everything we see on social media, on our television screens, through all these different things are trying to appeal to you in some way and convince you and persuade you to buy a product, to buy an idea, to whatever. If that knowledge is known by these types of psychopaths that you're talking about, that can immediately become weaponized to a, a high, a high degree. And it obviously goes way beyond that. But, um, so I just want you to know, I've set the table for you. So now you can just continue, uh, with that idea that you were sharing, which was kind of blowing me away a bit. Cause it makes so much sense where you're basically saying that these ritualistic cult families, um, there's a level of, of actual conscious knowledge. We can get into that, but they're breeding young children to become part of this big ag agenda, essentially. Um, it's kind of like the way some of these terrorist networks will do the same thing or the child soldiering in Africa or yeah. pick your, pick your poison, right? The, all the dictators did this, the Hitler youth, you know, the, the Soviet training, the propaganda, Jim Jones did this in his Jonestown. So we've got many examples of it. I just want people to know you're not crazy. There's a big foundation here. Um, and I think it goes deeper than we know. So pick up from those points if you would. Um, yeah, I, I also just, I think it's important to realize that these are generational families who have passed this down and do it to their own children, but they also, um, these families also funded a lot of like psychiatry and psychology and medicine. And I mean, this stuff has been really medicalized. It's down to a science it's, um, you know, it's psychiatrists doing it. It's psychologists doing it. It's, it's really, um, like based on developmental psychology it's basically just to invert the way that a human was naturally created to design so they do it as the child is forming so that the child actually never really gets a chance to form organically um, and when i'm talking about the free will it's a real kind of um, touchy subject because a lot of people who have been put through trauma-based mind control or satanic ritual abuse, they always make the, ch the children do really horrible things so that they feel um, complicit and that they are, um, that they've harmed people. And that actually helps keep them dissociative because that guilt and shame is so strong. It's actually one of the, I even call it sometimes like the pin in the fire hydrant that keeps mm -hmm. all the other programming in place because they, they take really good, innocent people and force them under mind control to do really horrible things like hurt other children. Um, you know, and so, um, that is something that really is a, it's a barrier to people healing because they, that's the hardest thing for them to face is that they might've done something. Um, and it's, it's really important for people to understand that these people really didn't have free will when they did that. They would have never done that, um, unless it was like a completely automated reaction under like torture and duress. So, um, that's like just a really key thing to keep in mind that, um, there is a level of where people don't have a will and, and, and just, um, that's just one of the things that's really hard for, for people to overcome is that guilt and shame that they might've hurt somebody else. Cause most people that have been put through trauma-based mind control are really amazing human beings who would not hurt a fly and would never want to harm. And they're like really intelligent, really sensitive. Like they take the gifted children that are really empathic. And like, these are all the things they want for programming. Right. So they take really amazing little kids and and do this stuff to them that would you know never never do that stuff willfully 
that was a really good explanation. I, yeah, I see it the same way. It's funny how you're talking about, um, the way that they abuse them by abusing their virtue, right? They, they abuse the virtue of the child. This is what they just did to everybody during the pandemic, isn't it? You know, do all these things. They are the only way that you can save the people that you love. That that's the number one poison pill they sold everybody, which got people to do things and accept things that they otherwise wouldn't do or accept. You know what I mean? It's, and it makes me think of the ash experiment. You're familiar with the ash experiment where that's they did this surprise. testing. Yeah. 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 They did this testing of exactly what you're saying, where they had people in a room uh, voting on what the guy was drawing on the board and everybody in the room was an actor. Not, and the guy that's the study case, he doesn't know everybody's acting and they're all picking the wrong option on purpose. And he's sitting there looking at everybody, you're crazy. And he's picking the correct option in the beginning, but just through public pressure and the repetitive nature of everybody giving the wrong answer, eventually that individual starts to give the wrong answer just because of public pressure. It's been done all over the world numerous times. It happens every time. And I'm just giving that as an example of the basic level of what you're describing of how they actually create these other personas in the minds of these people through this kind of trauma. And I just also want to let people know you brought up something brilliant, which is that they're using their virtue against them. And that's incredible. A lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. It wouldn't really work. Like if a person didn't have virtue to exploit. Um, so the way that, I just, sorry, it's, sometimes it's so hard to just narrow this down, but um, for people to understand what trauma-based mind control is, is basically um, it's a severe form of post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and so, and, and it's complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which is, um, you know, different than regular post-traumatic stress disorder, which would happen maybe from event or a series of events, but then having some like calm or normalcy in between those events. Whereas, Somebody with complex PTSD is somebody that's been um, like under duress for a long period of time where it erodes them and they start to adapt to be internally to be able to cope with something they can't escape. But there's always, it's like two opposing forces because they have a need to escape, but they can't. So it's like this all the time. And that just really breaks the mind and the body down, right? Because it's these two opposing forces and they can't really get rid of either one. They can kind of just start suppressing things to cope with the situation they can't actually escape from. So we see this in like concentration camps or, um, you know, people that have grown up in really abusive childhoods where they're stuck there for like their whole childhood or something, you know, so that's, so programming um, basically is interfering with the memory system. And so human beings have a, a feedback loop in their mind where we can only handle so much and then we just blank out and then the conscious mind will kick out and then the subconscious mind comes to the forward mind and that's like a blank slate. And so these psychiatrists have known, and even before the psychiatry, uh, they, there's just been groups that have known how to do this for a really long time. Um, it's a very programmable state once you have the subconscious mind um, to the forefront, right? So a really good way to understand trauma-based mind control is to really familiarize yourself with how the, the difference between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, because the programming is really in the subconscious mind and bypassing the critical mind. Um, and so, and it's just severe PTSD. And so when people have PTSD, there's denial mechanisms in the mind that's like, oh, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. And I don't know if anybody's, you know, you always see on a movie when people come and tell you somebody died, you know, everybody said, oh no, it can't be true. You know, like, and I've had that happen to me. I didn't realize how real that until it actually happened to me in real life, like how your brain just won't believe reality. Like there's this real, you know, this is not happening that your brain will really do that. And so with little kids that are put under 
abuse and like particularly sexual abuse um and we can go into that a little bit later why that's so prevalent today because it's like that is the worst thing you can do to a kid is anything sexual because they don't have the frame for it um so they can't compute anything going around it so with the with ptsd basically um it interferes with the memory system so things just don't get filed correctly right um and so you know people can think it's a conspiracy all this like they think it's just like ooh, satanic cults putting spells and curses on people and stuff but like if you actually go educate yourself on how the subconscious mind works and how ptsd works and how memory works and how emotion is tied to memory and um then it, it's really it's really not that complicated it's like a, a, a human mind's like a computer and they're just programming the hard drive and it's not available to the ram which is like the conscious thinking mind right and so that's really what they've mechanized and made scientific um and so when people um do that to little kids their mind forms in a way that has like basically a honeycomb with different compartments and only one of those compartments can open up at a time right um and so calling it multiple personality it kind of you know that can kind of make it seem like a bit clownish or something because that's not really how a person really would experience it it's just right. basically yeah. like it's almost like different blinders on a horse and it's like just different frames and they can only be in one at a time and so whatever's happening is it's not going to be the same as if they had all the information of what's going on in each situation so um that's kind of in a nutshell what programming is and so um, when they've done that to masses of people over time, it's like they have a whole bunch of people that are really easy to manipulate because they know how to access directly to the subconscious. That was so well broken down. I, I, I don't know what to add. That's, uh, that's it. And, but what you're saying there, the implications are huge. And I love how you kind of demystified it. Cause that's, that's really what we got to do. These people are elite scientists that, that, that that's how you got to think of some of these what we call Satanists. I mean, they've got their own terms and all that, but these people are, they're very efficient at what they do. This is not their first rodeo, the knowledge base and the, the technology and the financing and the, the influence that these people have will boggle the, boggle the mind of the average person. But this is the piece, the cult level of this. This is what I was trying to bring in with the cult of emetics was to show people, Hey, there's been a lot of great films and work done on the individual compartments of corruption in pharma, in the medical industry, in the government, et cetera, right? We all know that. But when you put it all together and then remix it on top of this whole cult thing that people, you know, they think of it in maybe an entertainment, kind of like a Hollywood way, or they're into some of that, but they don't know how real that is or how prevalent it is. That makes even what's going on in our medical industry go to a whole other level. And it's the same with what you're talking about. And it's just, honestly, different doors into the same grand ballroom at the end of the day. Let's get into that, the ritual component of this, um, because I feel like that's a big thing where, yes, these people doing this evil stuff, they have their own grand design, they have their own agenda for power and all that, but they are also themselves probably people who were raised through this process. And they're actually sadistic to a level where they get a kick out of it on one sense, but they also have a purpose behind it on a ritual level. That's like a private religion to them or a, a ritual level. What's your knowledge on, on that side of it? Yeah. So, I mean, there is different schools of thought on ritual. Um, personally, I do believe that it has interdimensional effects and that there are real effects from the rituals. Um, some really scientifically minded people 
might disagree with that. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because it's going to work on the subconscious mind, especially of a child either way. And so what a ritual actually is, is a psychodrama that's um, designed in order to have uh, an emotional effect on usually the rituals are done on children. Um, and then when the rituals are done older, it's just to reinforce what was laid in as a groundwork for children. Um, and so a psychodrama will affect the subconscious mind and the emotion, which actually gets tied into memory. But then after each ritual is basically to instill a belief that the child will conclude themselves when all of these things have been acted out for them. And so once that core false belief is concluded by the child, it gets goes into the subconscious and it frames their worldview. So the rituals are all to create a worldview um, when they're doing them for programming for children. But then also with rituals, like some of these people that are in, into it and it's a fetish for them, it's because when people do um, extreme evil that's very taboo in a group, it's like a level of like intimacy um, that is really bonding and they get a high off it. Like it's really like this kind of a, you know, like very... Um, like it bonds them in this kind of secret, uh, you know, that's what makes them feel like elites is that they do this stuff in secret together and that like n nobody else would ever, you know, know or even allow them to do it, but they get away with it. And so that's kind of this bond they have from doing the rituals. Yeah, that's a great explanation. Um, and Ursula1111 says, this is the most articulate explanation I've ever heard. I agree with you, Ursula. Um, so, Jamie, let's go. I'm just going to throw this question at you because we're kind of already here and let's just do it. Why are they sexualizing our children right now? What What is really going on with this? This is clearly more than just some people with a fetish, maybe on the ground level, but there's a deeper reason why specifically it's the sexualization thing, isn't there? Yeah. Um, so like sexual abuse of children is the the number one way to f up a human being like there's nothing more that goes against nature or is more damaging or fracturing to a psyche than the sexual abuse of a child and so ritual abuse trauma-based mind control um you know <laughs> I don't even believe there'd be a Catholic church without the pedophilia. Like I believe it was built on pedophilia. Um, and that's only one group, but I believe that empires are built through pedophilia because there's a specific set of psychological reactions that kind of happen cybernetically when that abuse is introduced into the human being at a stage when it's inappropriate, because like I said, all ritual abuse is meant to interfere with the way that we're naturally designed as human beings. And like, God actually made us a certain way to function a certain way. Um, and so um, children are not supposed to be sexual. And like, I can't even believe I have to say this because of like all the Kinsey research and like things have just been so twisted now that, um, you know, even if children play in like little sexual ways, it's not actually sexual in the way that we would consider something sexual. You know what I mean? Like if they're playing house or whatever, it's, it's not the same thing, although the Kinsey research will try to say that's evidence of like childhood sexuality. They're just playing It's totally, totally different. Um, and so with satanic ritual abuse or any time of abuse or I mean, even, you know, the whole sex industry or pimping or any of these things, there has to be sexual trauma. Because as human beings, like our sexual energy is the height of what we can do with our complete body, spirit, mind and body 
with an actual physical um, reaction, like where there's actually like an orgasm released into the ether, like it's a it's the most powerful thing that humans actually can do, especially together, right? Like a male and a female having an orgasm together is kind of the pinnacle of what two humans can do. They can create life out of that. They can create a lifelong bond out of that. Like there's, you know, so of course the Satanists want to interfere with that. Um, and so with children, like, I mean, if you look at the the chakra system, like children are supposed to kind of be activated, they go up. Right. And so when you do traumas in like the root chakra and different chakras on children, when they're, they are not supposed to be activated in that area yet. Like they're innocent. They're from their heart. You know what I mean? They're just developing their will and their voice and their brains just developing. Like they're, they're not supposed to have interference in those areas of their body. And so when these programmers do that kind of stuff, they know exactly how it's going to affect the child. And some of the ways that it affects the child is not really what people might think. It causes, uh, interferes with the memory, it interferes with their worldview, um, it interferes with their ability to bond, trust. Um, it, it actually affects their entire ability to develop and then it creates Stockholm syndrome, right? And so it, it, that's how these empires are built through pedophilia is because once there's a betrayal of an authority figure doing the sexual abuse on a child, it, the child doesn't run away and say, you know, somebody hurt me. They'll, they'll actually bond to the abuser and become anxious for their approval, which is, that's their number one technique they love using on people. Wow. Wow. Just incredible. So much said there. Um, and I, I like how you finished that by talking about how empires built on the back of pedophilia. Yeah. Because, and so just so people understand as sick as this is, it's not just for the sick pleasure of these people, although that is a factor. It's also very practical for them. Like that's the the shocking evil of it is it's it's just this a means to an end. It, it's there's no empathy, there's no reason. It makes me think of, you know, when we had all that stuff coming out about Bohemian Grove, uh, and they had this ceremony that they called the cremation of care. Well, right. think of what that means. You're destroying your care. You're your your surrogate, your um, you're shutting off your 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 bio energy. You're you're actually killing empathy. Really, if that's that's what it is. Yeah. is, if you if you do that early, this is how you're getting these kids growing up with literally psychopathic brains that don't have empathy for nature or their fellow human beings, and they can then be a perfect empty vessel to program with whatever you want. Right. And they actually think they're superior because, I mean, we've all done really stupid things when we're in love. Like your brain doesn't really, it's not in the logic part of your brain. Right. Like, which, and that's great. That's beautiful. You know, like there's nothing wrong with that, but like these people want to be really left brain conniving, you know, and they do have a form of empathy, but it's more like sadistic attunement is kind of more how I would, um, because I believe if somebody truly doesn't have empathy, it's like somebody who just says, it doesn't even register. Like they don't even know, but like these people actually, are quite attuned to another person's suffering and they're actually getting a type of like it's like a forced mirroring where they're externalizing their trauma onto you and making you feel it but then when they're watching you feel it it's like they're getting off on it so it's like a it's, i don't want to use the word empathy i call it sadistic attunement but um i don't know if that if that makes sense but yeah it so they, it's a good term it's a good term <laughs> Yeah, so they think they're superior, and that's the skull and crossbones, right? You just have your will to your mind, and not not have to be interfered with with emotion and being all you know, doing all stupid stuff because you 
you know, got manipulated emotionally. Like they like to manipulate our emotions, but they don't want to be vulnerable to that. So they believe that when they put their own children through these traumas and they'll put them through like a lot of different um, like betrayal traumas. So they'd never be so stupid to think someone would actually be their friend or that someone would actually like you or, you know, they do all kinds of little tricks on these kids so that the kids really believe that like everybody's nobody can be trusted and nobody is really nice or cares. And um, so once they believe that they're never really going to reach out for help. Right. So they always want to try and cut off the emotion. But I also really just think it's important to, to know that that's actually one of their Achilles heels is that they, they're two dimensional and we're three dimensional. Right. Because if you have heart intelligence and both sides of your brain, like you actually are smarter than these people and you have real empathy. And so it's actually one of their Achilles heels is that they, they are just two dimensional. They, they're cut off from like actually their most intense wisdom, which would be out of their heart. So they just think they're superior, but they're they're not. Oh, I love you. I love that. Get that, guys. These people literally are overcompensating for something. And it's the good people. See, our weakness, this is our side of it, is we're blinded by our virtue, right? Like yeah. when we see people, and it's a good thing. That's the thing is it's a good thing, right? Where I see people and I extend to you the virtue that I have to give you the space. We all want to think the best of people. Good people assume the best about other people. Isn't that true? Yeah, like I speak protection. to, it, it, there you go. That's a huge one. And I think that this is our strength and weakness. And this is why I always struggle breaking this down. I don't know how you think of this, but I think of it like, okay, we obviously need empathy and love and all that and, and human connection. That's a huge thing that makes us what we are. It separates us from everything else. It, it's what it is what you call good people, right? But that without the awareness of predator forces, without the awareness of evil and the, and the strength and the ability to switch that door open in your mind, the way they would train the samurai, right? You compartmentalize that. And when you got to pull that samurai sword out to defend your young in your life, you have to be capable of doing that. You have to have the pattern recognition ability to see evil for what it is. Because evil never walks up to you and goes, hey, I'm evil and I'm a sadistic <laughs> asshole and I'm going to program your kids. It, it, it walks in as an angel. It yeah. walks in with the light. That's why they call themselves the Illuminati. It, the true Illuminati it just means they're people who are enlightened. But they take that term as like, like you said, we're superior we're illuminated with the knowledge of how to control your ass and seize all your land resources and wealth. And, um, and we're, so they're, they're the false light. That's how I see them. Yeah. Um, so how do you, you comment on that if you'd like? And then I have a thing I did a little, I want to explain really quickly. I posted something in telegram cause I was trying to stir the pot and get conversations going and it worked where I was trying to say, when you're looking at, um, evil, and you're looking at how what serial killers are and what these psychopaths are. And I posted a Charles Berkowitz quote where he's talking about being controlled by voices and all this. I've kind of said, like, there's a step by step process that I personally recommend before we jump into its spiritual beings taking control and all of that. Let's go through the process of understanding the psyche. Let's start with the nuts and bolts first and get those out of the way before we go there. That's not to say we can't go there. That's just, I was just trying to put the rank order for the way I think about it. But but how do you think about that? How do you think about where this is really coming from? Because you said something important. In the end, whether some people like to think this is all real, what these guys believe in with all these spiritual demonic possessions and aliens or whatever it is they're interfacing with, 
or whether or not just the belief of it is enough to achieve what they want. Either way, we're in the same camp fighting evil, okay? But how do you genuinely look at how that, what are they communicating with? What are they worshiping? What are they doing this ritual with? What do they think it is at least, you know? Yeah. Um, so with satanic ritual abuse, there's kind of like two camps, right? So there's the clinical psychiatry, psychology people who believe that all of the demons in SRA survivors are just programs implanted by programmers and that they're, they're only real because the subconscious mind believes are real. And, um, so there's those people and those people might try to treat with medications or things like that. And then there is the, the Christian way of looking at things that it is demonic. It is spiritual warfare. There is, um, authority to, you know, get deliverance and cast out demons and these kind of things. Um, and most people, um, are kind of on one camp or the other. I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe my role is to be right in the middle of that. Cause I do, um, have the psychology background and the spiritual warfare background. So like, I, to me, I, I, I don't know, I can reconcile both of those things. And when working with people that have been through SRA, um, it can be complicated because there can be um, little child altar parts that are programmed to act like demons if they're threatened. And a lot of times if you uncover that, uncover that there's like a really wounded little child part in there that just needs to be loved. So like doing deliverance or casting that part out is, not gonna gonna work it's actually gonna do more damage um but then i believe there actually is demons that actually are there and so um that they would need to actually be cast out because they're actually keeping the programs in so like i've read a lot about demons and demonology and i've kind of read everybody's thoughts and you know on it um so i mean i'm comfortable with all of it but i i absolutely agree with you david that like you can't just kind of um blanket any of it because with most people it's a combination of different things um i try like if i'm working with somebody i just try to go by wherever that person's at and what they believe and so from the survivors of satanic ritual abuse that i've met most of them only get free by a belief in christ and by doing deliverance and using the authority of christ to cast out demons which seems to unleash their ability to um identify the programs and then kick out the actual programming. But there's always both. Like when they do these um, rituals and psychodramas, they'll even do like fake demons and stuff. They can use virtual reality. They can use suits on little kids. And if they put them under on LSD or something, when they do it, like that little kid's really gonna have a memory of a demon that might be really fake. Like it might've been just a, a drama they did for the child, right? So it's like part of working with people with SRA is really identifying that stuff but i mean i just go by what they tell me you know like i haven't been through sra but like the people that have they are so smart and they <laughs> know more than any counselor or psychiatrist or um even a theologian would understand like they've been through it and they know and th their only problem is that they have memory problems and are blocked from themselves and they can't access all their own wisdom but they are all highly intelligent and they have all the wisdom they have all the computer programs in their mind and when they can start to undo it um it's it's amazing like how how smart they actually are it's it's not that they're stupid ever like they're literally the smartest strongest people on the planet 
Oh, I love, I love that answer. Um, and I, I'm with you on, on a lot of it. And I would say that I've interviewed my fair share as well. There's a few interviews I did years ago with uh, some people who had been local to me that had suffered under this, had been raised in these networks. And um, I wasn't ever to ever air that interview, but I've spoken to many and I'm, I know what you mean. And just to sort of for people, because we'll have a mixed audience of people that have different takes on it. I'm trying to be the built bridge builder like you are okay. and say, we can look at it both because in the end, what do we know? We know what we think we know, and we've got good ideas on things, but we're dealing clearly with so much mystery, so much of this that we don't really understand. And for one side, if you're saying that the SRA uh, survivors can only uh, seem to get through these traumas and these implanted ideas or demon demons or whatever, uh, through a belief in Christ and all of that, one side could be, yeah, we take that from the religious perspective and it is what it is and it's spiritual and it's real. The other side would say, well, no, it's just uh, that the Christ is the archetype for the anima that is shut down as a part of your psyche structure. And that's something you need to reanimate in order to cast the inner light of the inner mind on the shadows of the mind, which are the demons. And I would sit back and go, why can't these two camps be friends? Because you're kind of in the same room. Like here we are just wanting to stop evil. Like, Let's yeah. join hands and say, okay, you have a different schema schemata of looking at the whole thing, but right. what's the end story? Evil is taking place. People are being traumatized. Um, I, I go with, uh, what's that statement from Hamlet? I think he said, hell is empty and all the devils are here. It's a kind of joke on, on this where it's saying there is something else. There is another something. Um, there's a veil over a lot of what we can see. So I, I look at it all. I've, I've had some weird paranormal experiences. I, I could yeah, tell you some too. weird, you know, so I, I definitely never shut the door, but I just try mm -hmm. to also protect people from going down an extreme on either end of it. Yeah. And let's, let's maybe not focus on those things. Let's focus exactly. on fighting evil and defeating it and helping these victims. Right. Exactly. And if, what, if something is working for them, then let's work with that framework for them. And um, 100%. also there's, it's kind of the same with the alien stuff, right? So um, I'm actually going to be doing a roundtable, I think, in May about this because um, there's a lot of MK Ultra programming that is fake demon stuff, but there's also fake alien stuff. Like they have spaceships where they will use that as a screen memory for SRA. So a person under hypnosis may recover an abduction memory but it was actually a fake abduction that was meant to hide actual um sra like they'll have alien rituals and stuff so it's not real aliens but at the same time like um what's possessing these people to do this like if it's not some type of entity and like for me personally i can't really make sense of our planet um being a species that would literally be eating its own young to survive like we're basically parasiting ourselves to like it it's so anti-human to me that like the only way i can make sense of the world is to understand that there's something uh interdimensional working through humans into this dimension to turn humans against themselves and to me that's really the battle is to stop falling for it right and stop like retaliating because that's really how these entities like to work. They like to get, they, they work through humans, right? So it's like, they'll instigate things and then get the humans to do it together, but the humans use their free will. You can't blame it all on the demons. Like they're more like instigators and like they're offering you suggestions and ideas and you know, they'll, 
they'll get you going on the side of the ring, but like you're the one in there, you know, doing it. So it's like getting smart about that will like be just a different way to, to navigate, you know, these attacks on us. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm with you there too. Like, I mean, I come from a bit more of a nuts and bolts approach on the alien subject, but I feel like all living for, let's just say if you and I as physical beings have multiple dimensions to ourselves, right. And, and this physical body and this physical brain is an extension of a greater reality. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then that would be the same for all life in our universe, right? It would be the same. There's physical beings that also have multidimensional connections and there's different agendas There's different types, just like there's different kinds of people on the planet. There's different kinds of, uh, beings. There's, if there's a spiritual dimension, there's different kinds of spiritual, uh, you know, what do you call it? Consciousness. So it's kind of a mixed bag for me where I find people like to hang out on only one side of that fence and go, it's all just spiritual demons and forces and archons and all that. And the other guy's like, no, it's all 1950s understanding of the UFO subject and it's physical ETs from Mars. And it's like, well, no, I mean, if we're in this realm, which I agree with you, the main question is we can get into the weeds on those things. Who, what do we know? The question is, why is such anti-human behavior happening on this planet? What species on this, our own planet is, is, is acting in this way towards its own kind? Like we're the only species that kills for pleasure. We're the only species that kills in that way. All other species of life just kills for survival, right? Yeah, so you kind of go, like, it's just so or that. like nature. Right. Right. And so that's why I'm with you. I, I sit back and I, I let people kind of go back and forth on their own with this, but I sit back and I look at it all and I go, there is something not human to this because it's not. And that's where I sit. And I let everybody decide what shape it is and what name it is and what dimension they think it's from. But I don't even care about that stuff. We're again, we're in the same conversation. We need to come together and say, what if it's both? Maybe it's one or the other. Let's just start with it's something that's not us that is turning us against ourselves, you know? Right. And um, like our emotions are in another dimension, although we have a physical representation of chemicals and hormones that will have a sensation in our physical 3D body. But like our actual feelings are not in this dimension and like our thoughts aren't in this dimension, right? They only come into this dimension through like conversation or stuff, right? Like, but there, there's different fields, right? So SRA is programming in the plane, in the causal plane of thoughts and feelings that are actually in the subconscious, like our subconscious mind's kind of in another dimension as well. Like that's sort of, the, the, that's kind of like, I don't know how it's been set up in this, Thing that we're in right now like where we only can access our conscious mind in this dimension with the five senses and then we have this other part of us that we can sort of tap into a little bit but we can't really open up up like a hood of a car and get in there and look right sort of block from us um and so a, a lot of programming is is interdimensional and it is programming in the subconscious mind and in the plane in the causal plane and um yeah i think that getting really stuck on thinking that people have discovered what it is i don't think we're gonna discover what it is i think we can just look at the effects of it in this dimension and try to navigate out of that and like um from the books that i've read um you know, like just speaking about all the alien stuff and all of that stuff. And like, I don't want to go into like some crazy NASA conversation or like flat earth or anything like that. But like, um, you know, it, it's my understanding that a lot of this MK ultra programming on a grand scale, actually it is NASA doing it. And they actually have like a lot of the torture facilities and stuff that are used for programming is done through NASA. And so like a lot of the people that are 
really pro, um, you know, the alien kind of narrative that's out. That's actually was like a program. And I, a lot of people didn't read Kathy O'Brien's second book called uh, Access Denied for Reasons of National Security. Um, and she's kind of an interesting one because even before all the reptilian stuff started coming out, she said that like they were doing virtual reality stuff with um, George Bush Sr.'s head, trying to make it look reptilian and that they were promoting this narrative of reptilians going out, um, which I always found interesting and like the connection of that to um, some of these programming centers. And I just, I I don't, I'm not claiming to be a know-it-all that has all the answers. I really don't. I just have some like kind of things that I put on back shelves that I'm aware of that there is something way bigger going on here. Yeah, there's something. I mean, I, I have a bit more of a nuanced perspective on some of it, but, um, you know, because there's multiple sources to this, right? And you kind of sit mm -hmm. back at the end and everybody reads it and you go, which source am I going to go with? I try to look at it as a collection of things where you look at it as, um, you know, there's definitely, there's the truth behind it all. And then there's the way that it's manipulated into the public mind. And there's various ways that they're going to do that. And even something like NASA, like I've spoken to people, uh, insiders and things like that over the years that would say, you know, it's only just like all these other institutions. It's just a core group within NASA. It's not everybody working for NASA, but then everybody just takes the whole thing and puts everybody in one basket. So I just say, I ask for a little nuance to say, all right, let's just let's be suspicious where we need to be suspicious. Let's remember who built it, who funded it, who set it up operation paperclip. They brought a lot of these occult Nazis into America to help build a lot of these programs. So there's probably levels to it, just like everything else. You know, there's, there's a mix of good and evil everywhere. Um, and in the end, here we are learning just how many lies, uh, we've been told, uh, just on so many levels. And you naturally have to ask the question, how far do these lies go? Um, even also one thing, a word of caution I would give is that even people, uh, like Kathy O'Brien and many other victims who I love, and they're, they're awesome. They've done so many great work. They are victims of mind control. And so what, what they're shown, what was a dream, what was induced through LSD, what was induced through trauma, what was told to them as planted disinformation that they would later come out and say, that's where we get into the mixing up of going, well, do they even know what they saw? Like, that's where we start to question it. Right. But that, what does that tell us? That tells us that our minds are incredibly complex and someone has mastered the science of how to manipulate it in, in, in a very intricate way that I don't think many people can really understand. So it leaves a lot of room for us to kind of keep exploring it. Um, but keep open-minded about what it could be in the end, because I don't think any of us really know right now, maybe down the road, but we only get little smoke signals, you know what I mean? Yeah, and thank you for saying that because I think that uh, like I think that a lot of people when they're trying to listen to people that have been put through trauma-based mind control, they're really kind of like listening with their logical kind of forensic mind, like could this be true, could this be not? And if you understand how the subconscious mind works, it doesn't matter how crazy something is, your subconscious mind will make it true to your conscious mind, whether it's like the, the hallucination or like, it's a, the power of the subconscious mind is like just so mind blowing how it works. And, you know, if you study hypnosis and stuff like, um, so they can program in anything and the person say like that's telling you what they remember it it they are not lying it's totally different than lying like they're not trying to be deceptive right. they purposely put in really crazy memories about like 
you know, goblins flying on the roof or whatever it is, like with the McMartin kids, like, you know, saying they went on rockets underground and like, you know what I mean? Like they, they always put impossibilities in so that when these people come forward, they seem nuts. And that's a lot of why they do the satanic stuff too, is just because people are like, oh, that's crazy. Like, you know, or like, um, and so there's something also called confabulation, which is like where it's, it's kind of like, um, people that have been put through a lot of trauma and trauma-based mind control, they, they're kind of like suggestible, right? So you have to be really careful how you ask them questions. You don't want to ask leading questions or, um, you know, implant. I don't even want to use the word implant because there's no such thing as false memories. Like you guys, seriously, that was a bunch of pedophiles that made that up. Like just look into it. Um, there's no such thing as false memories, but there is screen memories that the mind will believe is true if it's been programmed into the subconscious. So um, mm. like me working as a counselor, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not a police officer. And so because so many people are rejected when they try to come forward because their stories sound so fantastical, I just made a decision that I'm going to be somebody that's going to start from the premise that whatever people are telling me is true for them. And I'm not, I'm not even going to pick it apart because I just want to be um, somebody that survivors feel safe to share their story with. And I, I mean, maybe somebody else can go pick it apart, but I, that's not going to be me. That's just not my role. I'm not even interested in doing that. I'm just going to start from the premise that what they're telling me is the best that they can be honest with what they have at the moment. And that's what you need to be a good counselor. You need to, uh, cause you're trying to help bring that psyche back into a place of balance again. And, and in order to do that, you have to face the trauma. And when you're dealing with that level of trauma, the mind itself, you're working against the mechanics of the mind itself, which is designed to screen you from that level of trauma, right? Like it's a, it's a defense mechanism, right? It's the same as you bring your hands up when you're about to fall. It's a, it's a, a compensatory effect. And so there's, that's why it gets so detailed. This is what I really wanted people to understand about this is if, like you said, if they're just hearing all these accounts with logical brain, it's exactly as they're telling me without bringing in the depth of what the psyche holds in it and what programming can do to that, to bring subconscious material, imagination into the conscious realm, Right. And then it's communicated like that's where it gets sticky. And this has been one of the critiques of even skeptics of all these subjects because they're mm -hmm. like, well, it's all just, you know, memories and dreams you had and in your brain, something's wrong. And now you're interpreting it, which I think they're way off as well. So mm -hmm. I feel like there's just so many extremes on this and maybe they need to be there. Maybe we need to have people that are out on all those sides so we can get a better perspective of it. Mm -hmm. But let's talk now, Jamie, if you would, about um, we just had this school shooting. Uh, we've had a lot of these types of school shootings that to me have a lot of, um, symbolic or ritual hints to the way these stories are told. You think of some of like the Virginia tech shooter, 33 killed, uh, you know, the, the headlines, uh, you know, um, Columbine, you know, uh, even Columbine, Kaloum, the dove, the symbolic nature of the terms. Mm -hmm. Am I adding it up too much or is there something to it? And then this latest one where, you know, this person identified as, as a trans person that was out on a day of vengeance and um, they go out and they do, they start killing kids in a school. Some people are now trying to pick it apart and say, no, it was just a stage psyop. Um, who knows? It's like, it's hard to pick it all through, but let's just say it happened. Um, there's pictures of this shooter before when they were younger, normal looking girl, big smile, you know, beaming. And then you see the difference later and 
there's been a lot of hate towards the shooter, which is natural because this person went out and killed kids. It's so evil. You can't even imagine about it. But then you forget what's made that perfectly normal person on the surface, at least into this vicious killer and so many others, right? So what's your take on all these school shootings? And I don't know if you've dug in at all to this recent case, what you think about it. Um, yeah, I mean, that stuff's sort of just coming out still. I'm kind of waiting for some more information on yeah, this exact case. I've got kind of the gist of it. But um, yeah, that's really just a perfect example of trauma-based mind control. I believe every single one of those people was put through trauma-based mind control. I, I, I couldn't imagine it not being a result of trauma-based mind control. And, I, you know, it's the same with the... Um, Islamic suicide bombers, right? Like it's like they have like, so the way that the subconscious mind works is because you know, a lot of people think with hypnosis, you can't really make somebody do something they wouldn't normally do. But if you can, if you can twist their distortion of what's actually happening through hypnosis, then like they are doing something different in their mind than what they think they're doing, what they're actually doing. Right. And so that person going into a school and shooting up things like they might have been in a state of mind where they thought they were in a video game or something like it's for people to do that stuff they 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 skew their perception of what's actually happening it's so i mean there's always the kind of um again it goes to that free will thing right like i'm not saying that we should just give these people a you know a free get out of jail free card but i mean um it's it's there's so much programming that goes into people doing that stuff and when i'm talking about the um army of soldiers that have been trained like this they all have somebody like that that can be activated at any time with the right um triggers to come and do something like that and so i think a lot of these school shooters are um i mean of course it's for gun control um you know um but it's also um just test running out some of these people seeing how much they can activate them and um you know, a lot of people think that Satanism is people doing, you know, the stuff at Bohemian Grove, which they still do that stuff. But really, the the top Satanists are transhumanists. And so satanic mm -hmm. ritual abuse became scientific Satanism, and it became mechanized um, with the Nazis. But they've taught their methods of the psychology. And now with the technology, it's going to be um, actually technological um, satanic ritual abuse and programming. And um, the handler is actually going to be AI. So they what they want to do is get people hooked up so that the, because having a lot of slaves is a lot of work if you got to manage them all all the time, right. And so if they can get people hooked up to something that can control them through AI, then they don't have to do all that work, right? And so when I see these shooters coming out, I mean, I personally just think it's all just test run for this kind of technology that they have with the um, transhumanistic AI um, trauma-based mind control. Yeah, that's an interesting one. And I, I, I have no reason to, to sh shoot that down. Like it looks very much like that. And there's many indications of it that I heard about a theory and I've kind of kept this on the back burner for a bit and putting some pieces together. And I wanted to throw it past you, let you know what you think about how they could prep the population for this, because let's just think of it like this. You want to change society drastically. And in order to do that, you have to change the minds of the people that live in society. So there has to be a sort of think of society as like this big fish tank instead of having to go in and spend all the time and resources to implant every single one of them with some kind of microchip and then control them, you just got to alter the fish tank water a little bit. And that fish tank water 
because then it changes all the fish, right? Metaphorically. Right. And that fish tank water is the culture, the frequency, um, you know, bring in Jim Keith and all his research about how mind control works on the mass scale and propaganda and whatnot. Um, but then you also have to prep the biology of the being if you want to go to, because they're not just trying to like Klaus Schwab often says, the great reset is not about changing just your government, your economy. It's about changing you, the human being. And now that's where the rhetoric is, is they want to, they look at you as a hackable animal and all that. We all know about it. But I don't think they thought, I think they were, they've created this by decades now through agricultural uh, companies like Monsanto, which is now owned by a pharmaceutical company, um, through the vaccination programs, the cult of the medics, the drugs that have been introduced, the pharmaceutical drugs I'm talking about, the unleashing of the street level drugs as well. So you have this pressure from above and below. So you have all the uh, CIA drug programs that they were running back and forth. Many have blown the whistle on that. Um, bringing them, basically bringing street drugs into America on purpose, right? And so you're hitting from below, you have the criminal underworld that is building a drug culture and building a crime culture and a violence culture. And then from the top level, the big scientific Satanists, the cult of the medics, they're coming down from the pharma level and I think the vaccinations were a big target because look at the rate of what they're now calling autism or spectrum, whatever, right? And I know there's degrees of this, but I guess what I'm wondering is, could it be if what you're saying is true and this really, this rabbit hole goes as deep as you're saying mm -hmm. that this is multi-generational planning to alter the human species as a sort of continuing project of transhumanism. That transhumanism isn't new. It didn't come in with, say, the scientific revolution, that maybe there's an, even an ancient transhumanist project that's been ongoing. And it's sort of a way that they're adapting the cattle farm uh, to suit their needs over time. And what better way than to have a myriad approach of attacking the psyche, as we said, and also attacking the biology and producing the autistic mind, which can also be a brilliant genius mind. But let's be honest. In many studies and in many comparisons I've heard, certain levels of that spectrum operate very much like AI. It's extremely efficient, extremely left brain. And I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying they were looking for this perfect balance mm -hmm. so that they could start the process of before they're even putting technology into you, they could start with a more organic attack of adjusting the frequency of your bioenergy and your psycho psychological energy by all these mechanisms I've mentioned mm -hmm. to produce as Edward, Bert as uh, Bertrand Russell said, to produce the sort of character that the authorities find desirable. And maybe that's why here we are today wondering what happened to all the youth? Why is everybody confused about what's up and down and what gender they are? And why is everybody going in trans and all this? Yes, it's the cultural influence, but what if it's also been a biological attack through these chemicals, vaccines, and drugs over time that has laid the groundwork so that the programming could actually be effective? I hope that made sense. Does that yeah, ring any bells for you? That is exactly bang on. You explained it perfectly. Oh, I've been okay. I'm to not crazy then. This. Okay. It's actually, the, I'm glad you brought it up because this is so key to people understanding, like people think all this stuff is so like when they think of cults they really just think of like these 
really you know people doing candles like they don't understand that like this cult is the transhumanist cult and it is an ancient cult and it is um merging man with machine right so now it's like we have our spiritual nature and our physical nature or the the flesh or whatever our physical nature but like so they're going to be half human and half um artificial intelligence right so it's like um it's like the epsilons from brave new world like they're just trying to like you know put some alcohol on them when they're when they're growing them right like it's like that is what they're doing and they're doing it i believe with the autism and like yeah the autistic brain is an ai brain and it, it's an android brain and it try, ties into the transgenderism too because transgender are androgynous or androids right they have and a lot of um autistic women are the ones that are doing the transitioning and the Tavistock Institute tried to hide that research because there was such a correlation. It's, it's like, you know, I feel so much compassion for the people that have been um, put through a program that's gone out. Like, I mean, if anybody thinks that all of a sudden everybody's gay and transgendered and that just happened naturally, like, I mean, that's not even possible. Like, I mean, clearly no. that it was a, an effect of a cause. And so what that cause is, I do believe was a um, hormones um, in like food and all that kind of stuff. And then I also believe that there was genetic modifications made through the vaccines. Um, and so if people don't think that traits can be activated through DNA, I mean, just look at how people breed dogs, right? Like you breed certain dogs because some are better at playing and some are better at hunting and some are better at, you know, like the, the trait is a, a, a genetic expression, right? So they try to do that with humans. And actually they were seeding us for the autism to come in, like with the movies like Forrest Gump and Sheldon off Big Bang Theory. And they're kind of giving us these lovable autistic people and sort of presenting them to us. And I always go back to the Overton window, which is just basically a model for how you introduce something, get people used to it. But like the end goal of that um, introduction is to make it seem like the ideal, right? So they're, they are going, what they want is for autistic people to be seen as superior humans, right? And I believe that this last batch that they <laughs> put out, um, they're a little bit too dependent, right? Like they are really super intelligent in some ways, but they're also not able to function independently. So mm -hmm. I believe they've tweaked it. And I'm I'm just like, wait and see all the people that had a baby during COVID, like, and if any of them got the vax, because I believe there's gonna be like a new breed of epsilons come out that are gonna be like probably highly technical, like left brain, you know, android, androgynous, um, you know, almost human robots. And another reason why they need to connect the, um, or they need the autistic brain to be like AI is because they want to merge it, right? And the way that they're going to get this technology in is to act like having a chip would help an autistic person, right? To be able to, that, that they're, they'll sell it as a medical device, right? Which is all goes back to the medical stuff they're always selling us as this is for your health, right? That's it. Yeah. Okay. So it's not just me. <laughs> I think I'm seeing this and I'm like, yeah. when you put all the stuff together, like Alex Jones, when he was going, they're turning the freaking frogs gay. Like there's something to that. I mean, though yeah. it sounded crazy at the time. And it's like, they're, look at, they're putting atrazine and glyphosate and all these chemicals in our water, our food production. What the hell is, was Monsanto messing with? Then when you get into some of the stuff we were talking about with Dr. Tal Braun, who is a, he's a, a specialist in bioterrorism and um, he was just talking about the level of sophistication that they have using and weaponizing elements of nature, like different venoms, different, um, different aspects that they can use 
to induce different changes in biology, genetic alterations. What is this mRNA anyways? Like what the, what is it made of? What are they doing with it? Uh, at the same time, they locked everybody down. The other, the techno side of it is they were installing these 5G towers all over the world everywhere. So everybody got concerned about that. And, and rightfully so. I mean, I, I was sitting there going, wow, all of this that we used to just read about and hear about back in the early 2000s, it's actually happening in front of our eyes. And so the next question for me is, do you think, what do you think about the idea of predictive programming in the media? Like this is a big subject where yeah. we've got all these movies that are made um, and films and shows. And I don't believe everybody in Hollywood's bad, but I believe a significant core is and, or programmed, like you said, but either way, these stories are coming through me movies that some of them were made in the sixties and seventies and they're playing out right now. Some of them are, are more recent and they're happening right now. And, and you're, and you're wondering why would they show us this? Why do they tell us what they're doing? Why do they, it's like they want to brag about it or is it part of the programming process? How do you see this predictive programming thing? Um, I think it has multiple levels. I think part of it is to seed it into people's mind because we're the conduits through which it's created. And I, so there, I mean, especially when you're watching TV in your hypnotic state, it's, um, they're just kind of, um, it's, it's spell casting, right? They're basically uh, casting a spell into your subconscious mind and you, you might just act differently or even just have that expectation of things coming to fruition, right? Like it's that creative visualization. So they're giving you, they're already imagining it for you and then giving you a visual of it so that you can be a part of just like it happening. And also people are less likely to resist things when there's familiarity. And again, that goes back to the subconscious mind that always tries to keep you safe. And it always believes familiar is safe, even if what's familiar to you is not safe. And that's why, you know, people are attracted to people that are not good people and stuff if they grew up around that because the subconscious just thinks that the same and familiar is good and safe and so part of seeding is you know if they just give you a, a little image of it then when you see it again you're like oh it's familiar so it's good right so that's another technique that they use um another technique is um just um the revelation of the method because they they need consent. Like we do live in a free will universe and um, they need consent because then you're coming into agreement with it. And a lot of time agreement is by default. So like they are just definitely doing that. I think, I think most people in, in your audience would know what revelation of the method and, and consent mm -hmm. is. Um, and so, and again, it's a, a part of it also is the Overton window, which is like, they're just introducing the concept and kind of in a neutral way, but like eventually they're like, this is going to be what's considered good or the pinnacle or, you know, what we want to be seen as good or right. Um, and when yeah, like just kind of, sorry to jump on that, but just, just so people know what you mean, just like how it all started with a very, what seemed to be an innocent thing where it's like, okay, well, we've got these gay people here that just need more right. They need the same rights you have and stop discriminating against them. And we're just trying to advocate for equality and, and ending violence against minority groups. And the average person is going to go, Oh, I, I don't want to, I hold no hard feelings against anybody that's different. I don't want to have that. So they get the virtue. Right. But then, and then it's like, Oh, well, you didn't bake the cake the way we wanted it. So we're going to sue you because you're a <laughs> Christian business owner. And then it was like, okay, now we're going to come into your schools and you're going to have transgendered adult men wearing clown costumes, reading story time to your little kids. And then on and on we go. And now it's, oh, now you have to accept it. And if you don't, we're going to have day of vengeance now. And 
And now it's like, it's mandatory. And now, oh, you, if you don't say this word, you're going to get fined and your bank account's going to get frozen. Like we're getting there. So it's like, they start with a little entry point that plays on your virtue. It starts innocent and then it goes all the way to here. So what you're saying is this is part of that process of helping to manufacture that consent, right? Yeah, it is manufactured consent. And um, the thing about um, satanic ritual based and trauma based mind control is it really is the lowest of the low. Like you're literally stealing little babies' will before they have a chance to develop a self. And it's the most evil thing because it violates free will, which is a universal law. And um, they've gotten away with it. Like, um, for long enough. And, um, part of the reason that they need to reveal it is because they need some consent because they know they can't really get away with that for too long because it, it's, it's so against natural law and against innocent children that could never, there's no justification that would ever make it. Okay. It's a total theft of a human soul. And, um, they know that so they are revealing it in little tiny squirts of steam like letting out a little bit so there's like a reaction and then a relaxing about it and so part of the way that they're making it okay for there to be human slaves is to um normalize the pedophilia and and also like on another level normalizing the pornography like where there's just like people are kind of just um commodified and used for other people um and that's again them sort of giving you their minds just think it's okay for like people to kind of be harvested for your benefit um which is really kind of one of the agendas behind porn of one of many and people can watch my porn episodes i think i did six or seven of them there's a lot there but anyways so i believe that part of the reason that they're really trying to bring out the pedophilia is because they really want consent they really want to reveal this and they really want to do the predictive programming and they really want to get acceptance for this because they know they're not going to get along with, with it for very long unless they can get more consent from adults and adults are responsible for children so that's part of the reason why these families are able or why these programmers are able to get the children is because the parents give them the children and that's the only consent spiritually that they are able to get to do this but um that's why they're they want people to accept it and again it's the overton window where they want pedophilia to be seen as the pinnacle right like they don't want to just be accepted for it they want to be worshipped for it they want to be seen as mm. superior for being pedophiles that is key that is key jamie we're gonna have to do more of these shows um because <laughs> this is the thing to flesh this all out, it takes so long and, and you're doing such a good job. The thing is, is I like how you're talking about that on that level, because if people don't know the mechanisms of how they're being manipulated and that the reason it's called manipulated is because you're being convinced through a series of lies that aren't direct lies. They're like these sort of like passive aggressive kind of lies that are just like little temptations. They kind of just pull you in slowly over time. And if they can get you to bite down on one little piece of their, of their lie, and then another one, they know how to slowly drip it out. But there has been an undeniable change in their methodology in the last, say, seven, eight years, where they went from this very slow, Fabian, methodical, stay on the shadows, 
deny everything to really coming out with it. And it's to the point where someone was telling me a theory that they had, which is that they no longer want to live underground, uh, both physically and metaphorically. They right. want to be out in the open. And as you said, this is key. They want to be worshipped. It's not enough that you accept it. And notice how that's the, the sort of trend with this discussion. Now, it's not just about rights. Everybody's got rights. It's not just about equality. You can all do the same stuff we can do. It's about worship. It's about getting your children to worship. And yeah, they want to add the letter P to the LGBTQRXYZ. So um, do you think that there's an element of that where they're, they're, it's, it's hubris, it's arrogance, um, that they're coming out of the shadows? Uh, give me that thought. And then I have another possible theory as to why they hit the gas pedal. But what do you think? I think it's actually a, a desperate move because they were already so much pedophilia was coming out already. There's like a wave um, that is actually not in their control. I believe it's directly from God just started to unravel and uh, reveal and allow actually a lot of survivors to have their memories and gave them the strength to come forward. And it's been like a, a ripple effect where like more and more coming forward and more counselors are starting to learn about it. And like, so there's just this kind of like wave that actually the, the controllers are not in control of. And so when that started to happen, um, because I think they really underestimated the, how we would use the internet. Um, and so they, they lost control. Right. Um, and so I think that now, because what they've done is so evil, they have to, it's a desperate attempt to get some type of consent. And so they're just kind of like pushing it through, um, because they don't really have another choice. They, they know it's being revealed. And I, I also think that COVID was just a distraction away from the pedophilia, personally. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, because actually, you're right. A lot of stuff was really coming out. We had the whole Pizzagate thing. People can think what they want about all the aspects of it, but there's something behind that. There's something to all of that stuff. I mean, we were learning about that stuff before it was even a thing. Um, right. And and so more people, oh, and there was the Wayfair scandals. There was, now we got Balenciaga. We had, let's not forget, we've had high profile rings taken down and arrested and put in the spotlight. That's pretty crazy. Like you've got whatever went down with Epstein and Maxwell, which I personally believe that's just a little drop in the pond of what's going on. There's a, there's hundreds of Epsteins. There's hundreds of places mm -hmm. like this. Um, but it is good to get the public you know, awareness going that you go, yep, there was this situation that happened. Um, and so my theory of it is also based on some research I did with Michael Tessarian on Enslave, where he's been researching these cults and families and secret societies for a long time. Mm -hmm. And his feeling was the sea change happened uh, probably about 15 years or so ago within their own networks, where a lot of the old guards started dying off. Mm -hmm. And the younger replacements were like, Low nothing low-hanging <laughs> fruit they're just spoiled little brats they're yeah it's like the old guard got too lax on their end and these new guys the new sheriffs in town are like a bunch of just soy boy fucking wussies like they're nothing they got no cunning they got no bra like back yeah. in the day the old illuminati let's just use that term yeah they were like top <laughs> of the apex predator food chain mm -hmm. these guys are like the d they're like the z team and they're coming in all these guys are dying off The you new guys come in and are very flamboyant and they're all, and they've also been programmed ritually themselves. Right. And so they're making a lot of mistakes and right. because they're seeing a semblance of a threat against them, because these people haven't felt a threat for probably thousands of years. Right. 
um, there's a semblance of a threat because of the exposure and the awareness of the public that they hit the panic button somewhere. Yeah. And then the other aspect to that is that they might themselves have gotten infiltrated at certain levels. This mm -hmm. is another theory I've been looking at talking mm -hmm. to people that there are elements within their own network that are betraying them as this falling apart is happening. And mm -hmm. as you're saying, if you look at it cosmically or spiritually, that there is a sort of force of God or force of consciousness or force of spirit, however you want to look at it, going through the planet right now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think it started around 2011, 2012, maybe a little earlier. And it was a particular band of energy that started a wake up process where it wasn't pushed on anybody, but the potential exists greater now for seeing what we couldn't see before than it ever has. Mm -hmm. And that the dark side, the dark cults know this because they also track the galactic cycles and the movements and all that. And they started to realize, wow, we're going to get squished out if we can't stop this tidal wave of consciousness coming into the planet. There was also not just these children that were ritually abused and going on the spectrum and all that. There was this idea of these sort of meta children, crystal children, if you want it, people that are coming in, souls that are coming in that have an almost upgraded intelligence. They're like these old souls that might be coming in here to, to bring some kind of help in a the situation. There's that theory. But bringing it all together, uh, we called it the dying conspiracy. And what it is, is just a thesis. It's just a, an idea that some of their ranks are broken. They're weak right now. And what are they doing when they're weak? They're expanding ammunition. They're, they're, they're pushing us to the nth degree because they're rushing it. I think mm -hmm. they were looking for more like a 2040, 2050 date for this great reset new world order. Now it's like, nope, it's uh, coming up next month, guys. We got to go. Like it's really rushed. And that's why I think they're getting pressure too, which gives people hope. Because it means evil, as I've been saying, is not the only show in town. It's not the only force at work in this world. These people are outmatched and outgunned. They just don't know it yet, and they just have better PR than we do. But the good guys are coming, and uh, in the end, these guys are totally screwed. But that's just one way of looking at it. What's your thoughts on that, Jamie? I actually totally agree. And, um, you know, like I just said, I did another podcast this week and I, you know, it's like these people really are losers. They've already lost. They are cowards. They are willing to cheat. They don't, they, they have no integrity. They are, um, they are scared. They are full of projection. They are emotionally regressed. They are insecure as like, a like look into narcissism like it's just a defense against like extreme insecurity um you know they are they are addicts they are um you know even the pedophiles they're addicts they're they're just like the weakest most pathetic you know human beings that have already compromised themselves for what little power they have and the only power that they actually have had is like our ignorance and not knowing that we're more powerful and not utilizing our power, not utilizing our multidimensional self to just basically like, um, you know, rightfully get rid of them. And um, really it's just, that's, that's all they really have. And, and they also have the, the fact that they're willing to do things that like we wouldn't do, like we'd rather lose and have to like hurt a baby to win. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. but they, they won't, they'll hurt the baby to win. Like that's how, but they're all, but that makes you a loser before you even started and like so they are losers and like um you know i think it's just really time for people to step up and i do believe there's like a, a truth um momentum going on and um 
I think that, you know, a learning about this stuff can be really overwhelming because you think, oh man, like, what am I supposed to do? Like take on a big satanic cult or something you know, like, and um, really it's, it's, it's political and it's um, global, but it's also really personal. And so like you're doing your own work in your own life, like whether that's in your family or in your job or like in your circle of friends or, um, you know, um, now is the time to like do the right thing speak the truth you know uncover things that have been like hidden for a long time like it's just like riding that wave of momentum that's already going everything's gonna work in your favor if you go along with it right now and like the satanists know this they always do things in alignment with the natural like undulations of the universe and like they study all this stuff and they they don't go against the grain like they try to go with what's already happening and use that momentum right and, like from a martial arts perspective like you know what i'm talking about right and so now really is that time and um you know if people can't um if they don't have it in them to like get out on the field and and be like a public face or like an advocate for other people or like even fighting against the system like just use this time to do your own shadow work like there is you know now is the time that you're going to have this inner apocalypse and like maybe you can work through your stuff that you've been hiding from yourself and like that is going to have a quantum level effect right like if you can just even work on yourself right now it's like all the the things are aligned to help you with that and like just then you won't be part of the problem right ah uh, boom i love that that's the key it's it's we start with the ground up we start with what we can control as individuals right mm -hmm. we were given a certain domain of authority over ourselves and if we break the natural law and even try to force people to wake up or become what we hate to try to be the good, then we're still <laughs> going down the wrong track. Even though sometimes, you know, you pull your hair out, you're like, what do we got to do to get rid of all these po corrupt politicians, all these psychos? You go, all right, I can't solve this problem. This is a thousand, multi thousand year old, multiple thousand year old, multi-generational problem. This is a human <laughs> problem. Our Basically, I look at it like our planet got infected with a form of cancer or, or a virus or something really horrible and we're going through a cleansing cycle. So this is way bigger than all of us, but that doesn't mean you're insignificant. It doesn't mean you can't do anything, but that's why I tell people, you can either lose yourself in despair by trying to assume that you by yourself can take this whole empire down, which will drive you crazy. I've seen many friends of mine lose their minds over that, or you can accept it as a reality, realize that there are higher forces at work on both sides, and that's something that's way outside of your control but there is what's inside your control. And I wondered what maybe we could wrap with this on your take because you do therapy work and things is helping people realize their personal power when in trauma, when suffering in this way or being a victim to this kind of evil is that it's about taking your own personal agency and power and self-dominion back. And that this is what you're supposed to do. If you don't know what else to do to help what, what's going on right now, help yourself do the inner shadow work, cleanse your own demons or whatever you want to call it, uh, empower yourself because that's another candle that's lit amongst the other candles that are lit right now. That's adding to the light. That's adding to the truth. And you don't know how much of an impact you can have literally by just walking into the cafe with your energy intact. You don't know how that's permeating out it, it, one conversation with somebody, one post that you did one something you don't know. But if you're focusing on what you can control, which is your mind, your body and your soul, that's you got enough on your plate just with that. Uh, what do you think on that, Jamie, with the solution part? 
And that's why these controllers are such losers because they're not in control of themselves, right? Like they're, yeah. they are, that's why they're obsessed with controlling us. And so, um, you know, another really good thing to stop lying to yourself about is that you actually can control other people anyways. So like really your only circle of influence is really going to be um, the people that you can affect in your immediate environment by how you change yourself. And that's where your true power is. And there's been such a program like all through our life to make us think that it's outside but like um you know it, it's true we only can control ourselves so like um once you start controlling yourself then you're in a position to actually influence and these satanists are not in that position like look at how terrible like the, the things they're having to try to do just to manipulate us it's like the, they're using the least effective methods of influence is using force and coercion and duress and all these other things so, and so yeah i really like think this is a really good place to end with the with the just the positivity of like um, you know, and it's, again, it's that ripple effect, right? Like when you do that, it just, it just encourages other people to, um, and like, I just want to say on behalf of survivors, like there's millions of survivors that have been programmed since birth to believe that nobody cares. Nobody will believe them. Nobody gives a crap about what happened to them. Um, and so that's a real barrier to these people coming forward. So I'm not suggesting that everybody go read all the books or try to be a counselor because it's like, it's just the area that's not for everybody, but like everybody can be, um, provide a platform or, you know, share the information with somebody or just, you know, just let these people come forward and be accepted and for who they are. And I guarantee you, they are the people that hold the keys to all, they have all the secrets of the controllers. They have all, they've been, they, they are the ones that are going to like, change the world if they can feel safe to come forward and there's already a wave of them that have come forward and then there's a whole bunch in the background that are watching how the people who came forward are being received by the public can people handle it can people reject me are people going to persecute me i'm going to be safe to come forward and if we can just treat every person that comes forward tell their story with just just respect and care and true love then i think that you know there's going to be a whole wave of people that come forward in this truth movement and they're going to they, it's going to blow your mind the kind of stuff that they're going to do because they're all like at least 10 people in one you know what i mean like it's like a whole battlefield of soldiers is going to come on from them so so i hope really hope people keep that in mind yeah you just gave me goosebumps hard to do uh well done i'm with you and to those people as well let me just add my voice if there's one thing i know it's that through struggle and trauma that's usually where you develop your strongest muscles is when you're up against the maximum amount of resistance. And even though what was done to you is absolutely horrible and evil and wrong and should have never been done, here we are. And human beings have this miraculous ability to turn lemons into lemonade and make the best of it. And actually, uh, as trite as that sounds, think of it like this. I think you're right, uh, Jamie, that these types of victims can be some of the smartest, most intelligent people. And that's because they were put under maximum pressure possible that most humans can't even imagine, which caused a hyper evolution of their consciousness in a way. So mm -hmm. you guys are the real superheroes here. Mm -hmm. um, not all the pedophiles pretending to be something now we should, these are the people that need the equality, these victims of crime, right? And what kind of a world do we live in where criminals have more rights than the victims of crime? What the hell? So you are supported, you are loved. Also to the insiders, to the people that are in these fields, watching these types of things happen and doing nothing. 
intelligence services, police services. Hello, come on. And there are many. Love you. Military, <laughs> everybody. Uh, come out of the closet already and start telling what you know. Because it's when the good people do nothing that evil proliferates and survives, right? And so that's what you can do. If you're on the inside or you know something, there's plenty of outlets. Call me up. Call Project Veritas. Do something. Start a blog. Write a book. Uh, to the victims of this, we love you. We support you. We believe you. Um, we're trying to figure this out together. And maybe your testimony is going to tip the tide. And so keep coming. And I think the more people that are coming out, Jamie, the more protection there is for them. I think a lot of them feel uh, like when I've interviewed even just victims of human trafficking and stuff, like they are like, I'll probably get taken out for saying this, but I'm going to do it anyways, because I feel like I want to die anyways. And that was the mindset there. And I'm like, you poor thing. But if there's more of them, that fear goes away because what are they going to do? Just start whacking all of them at what like it gets too crazy. So just want to add to that. I love that. Very good conversation. Jamie, A, can we do this again? B, how do people find you? Are you doing a website, a show, a book, a blog? No, What's the best I, way? <laughs> Staying to, in the background. Like Maybe that's why. Where's Waldo on the podcasting community? You just have to try and find me through however. If you can find me, I'll come on your show. Hey, there you go. I like that. You found me. So, and thanks to Max. Max Unbroken. Uh, thanks for hooking this up. Maybe we should get both you guys on and do like a, a duo or something. Yeah, that'd be um, great. That'd be awesome. You know, get more of this out. And uh, so, very good. Any final things you wanted to say that we missed before we wrap here? No, I think that I actually really like where we just ended off. I think that was really positive. And I just yeah. like giving that shout out to survivors and just, yeah, I think I'm actually, I'm totally satisfied right now. Just <laughs> Good. All right. Well, <laughs> let's just say it then guys. Sit, don't lose hope at all. It looks dark. It is dark. There's a lot of evil that needs to be seen, but guess what? The good thing is when we apply that divine consciousness that you were given and point that spotlight at evil that wants to hide from that light. That's magic. That's, that's the good. That's what good people do. Good people don't hide their heads in the sand and pretend evil doesn't exist. That's not good. Okay. So shine that light on this truth and it's, you will become purified by it. It will heal you to address the trauma, to address the elephant in the living room, to confront face and conquer evil is one of the gifts that we've been given. We have to do it and we can do it and we will win. Freedom is going to win. Truth is going to win. And justice is absolutely coming one way or another. So thank you, Jamie. Thanks to everybody for making this stream possible. We'll have to do it again soon and we'll sign off for now and we'll catch you next time on Truth Warrior. Cheers, everybody.